This episode is brought to you by our sponsors, E Street MX Park, your home for short course off-road and motocross in Northern California. Check them on Instagram, Facebook, and eStreetMXPark.com. Dirt Coffee Company. Adventure starts with us. Check our friends out at Dirt Coffee Company. And definitely can't forget Sweet Aroma CBD. Check them at Sweet Aroma Nationwide. I almost said the wrong Instagram. Sweet Aroma Nationwide on Instagram. SweetAromaCBD.com or something of that sort. You can find them on the internet. Poncho Sancho 15 is our discount code with Sweet Aroma CBD. And now, here's Poncho and Sancho. What's going on, guys? Ian McAdam, your co-host for Adventures of Poncho and Sancho. Today, Brendan's not here because we're talking about round four of the E Street side-by-side series. Dude, it was unbelievable. But first and foremost, before we get into the action, definitely want to give a big shout out to some of the people that make things happen. TCS Suspension, Bud Skycam, Davis Motorsports, Accelerated Flooring, Chico Off-Road Rentals, huge, huge supporter of our, of our Turbo Sportsman class, Vans Auto Body, Eagle Grit, Rugged Radios, and Myers Construction Services. Without those folks, the series honestly couldn't be what it is today. So big, huge shout out to all the sponsors that make the E Street Side-by-Side series what it is today. So we had a double header the first two rounds. We had a mud race round three, unexpected mud race at that. And now we had the most topsy-turvy short course race I believe I've called in my career. Stuff that I didn't expect happen happened. And people that I didn't expect to be on top or on top, but that makes it fun. That makes it shakes things up and it definitely doesn't make things boring at all. So we'll get into start it just like I do the race order. Uh, 170 stock. Uh, since the beginning, I've honestly told you guys there's something in the water in Escalon because all these kids are coming out of Escalon and they're hopping in 170s and they're just having the most fun. And that's always been my mantra since I started doing this, it's just I want to see everybody have the most fun possible. And Reed Gonzalez, your winner, undefeated so far in 170 stock, dude literally has the most fun. He's got that fancy, like it's like a candy apple red powder-coated cage from TCS Suspension. And uh, it actually is remnants of Maddox's cage from his last car. So that's super cool. Speaking of the Leals, Madeline Leal gets on the podium again in second in the main event. And a newcomer, California Custom Trailer and Power Sports, number 101, Weston Blevins, one of the uh, the Blevins crowd, which that's a gigantic family. And uh, I would assume to be possibly a little brother of Wyatt. I was going to ask him about it on the podium, but they ended up, they had a family affair later on to take care of. So 170 stock class. It's super cool, too. Seeing Reed Gonzalez, he's a natural. And that's just my opinion from what I see. Little dude's a total natural, and he's been able to keep up with about the latter part of the limited cars in a stock car. So it was pretty wicked. Now we go on to 170 Limited. Taylor Schweitzer, or not Taylor, wait a second, Tate Schweitzer. There we go. Uh, another rookie that uh, I've been saying this since he showed up at round two because his car was guest-driven by Jackson Hood in round one. Uh, he flat-out drives like he was born with a steering wheel in his hand. So 
I bring up a lot in competition when I'm calling races where I see things that stand out to me. And Tate, I see a lot in his driving style that really, it it would show a lot more experience than a, a rookie who this is his first year in short course, how he maneuvers his way, makes line choice decisions, how he maneuvers his way around lap traffic, a lot of that kind of stuff. And I want to stress this to any of the younger racers that are listening. A lot of that kind of stuff, it comes with time. Not everybody's born with it. It comes with time, comes with experience. Tate's got a lot of really awesome people in his corner and the kid is a natural wheelman. I mean, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The kid's a natural wheelman. All but one race this year, on top of the box, he was on top of the box again. And Lexin Hendricks, this kid, he's so full of personality. He's a tiny, tiny little guy. And I always forget about it until I get him on the podium. Tiny little guy, but he's a big man behind the wheel. And it's super cool. Another one of the guys out of the Valley. And uh, another another one out of the TCS camp. Huge shout out to TCS suspension. Marcio Leal is a, I'm going to say like a patron, patron saint truth be told, of the short course world because this dude is going full-blown, supporting all sorts of kids this year, kids and older kids, but I'll get to that later. And uh, Lexton, Lexton earned his second place, heated fight for second with Sharky, Lucas Vincent all day long. And uh, Sharky's definitely showing, I, I, I guess he got something in his eye the day prior Stuff was a little rough for him, but I'll tell you what, if he was driving with one eye, Sharky was definitely, he was given 110%. Super proud of that little dude. Another one of my little buddies. Lexton took home second. Sharky takes home third. Love the 170s, always have. And seeing this class progress has been super cool. Now, speaking of progression, <laughs> Youth 1000. So, Youth 1000's been, it's, it's so funny because you could equate this to like real housewives of what one of those real housewife shows or one of those fancy shows on TV, like a reality show. When you have a 13 year old standout driver who struggled in his first year, gets in his RS one and then just goes and mops the field with everyone. And being 13 years old with three other girls in the class that are chasing him down. You got to ask yourself, what were you doing when you were 13? I definitely didn't have three girls chasing me. That's for sure. So that all being said, and there was a very, there's been a very heated rivalry. And I say it just because it sounds better coming out of an announcer that, oh, it's a heated rivalry. There's all this drama, like it's a selling point. And it usually works good for if I'm in front of a big crowd, but I'll just call it a friendly rivalry between... Taryn McCullough and Jordan Skaggs. And it's been a blast watching these two. Taryn, in the few races she's been behind the wheel of that car, made tremendous, tremendous jumps in just driving skill. I mean, I got to give her a lot of credit. As well as Jordan. First race in her car, Jordan didn't want to get it dirty. I mean, it's a gorgeous car. TCS also powder-coated the frame. And it's been that same... It's almost like a coral blue, kind of like Tiffany blue-ish green, and always been looking wicked ever since her 170. So these two, I'll never forget this, they dive into the big bottom right-hand sweeper, and they collect each other and go straight into the trees. And I'm like, uh, wait a second, 
they both emerge. Taryn gets out first, and she's dragging a tree limb the majority of the race. And I thought that was kind of funny. So shout out to Taryn McCullough's new sponsor, McCullough's Tree Service. If you need instant landscaping of the four-wheeled variety, she definitely will do that for you. So Taryn, <laughs> that was that was hilarious. First heat race, but she ended up getting everything handled. I'm trying to go back over my notes here, and my phone just shut. And Jordan drove like her the back end of the car was on fire trying to catch up with everybody else. But when it came down to the main event, it was all Jordan Skaggs and Megan Starr. Megan Starr, once it, and there's something I've learned about her as well. She She's taken an adaptation from such a underpowered race car in the form of a JR2 all the way up, jumped over a 570, jumped over a 250, because if you look in some of the East Coast short course, there's 250 classes, there's 570 classes, or even down to Great American Short Course, there's not a lot of them up in Northern California, so if you want to be able to move around a lot and you want to be able to jump in to racing, you kind of have to make a gigantic leap from, give or take, a water pump engine or like a generator engine in a little freaking a little fiberglass body tube frame baby pro two all the way up to a very well built RS one. And she's definitely, she's learned and I've watched every single race this girl has been in and it's been an absolute pleasure just watching her. Cause she takes notes and you can see it in how she drives. She'll follow people for a second. And then next thing you know, she'll, she'll be tactical and decisive and go, okay, that's her weak spot. I'm going to get them right here. And it happens every time. And it's I find it so funny because she's got sponsors like Phase 5 Weapon Systems, Etsy Breaching, you know, tactical sponsors for a tactical driver. I don't think I've ever heard a better fit. Bobby took home the win for Youth 1000, been absolutely dominant so far this year. Other than the one time Jordan did beat him. That was pretty hilarious. And then Megan, second place. The, the battling between Megan and Jordan was astronomical. You know, Jordan at 14 years old, Megan at 17. And still for me, watching Jordan go from 170 now to the to the RS1 in three years, like she's she's gonna be something serious when she cracks into the pro ranks, guys. Like just be on the lookout for the 851. And then the 170 open class. So I started I nicknamed this class the New World Order. Because if anybody ever watched 90s professional wrestling, WWE, WCW whatever it may be, there was always this group called the New World Order. It was Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott, uh, Scott Hall. And they were the guys who just came in, did their own thing, handled stuff, wrecked shop. Well, here comes this group of kids in these super modified RS, or su- I was about to say RS1s, 170s. And just the differentiation between the cars is exquisite. You've got everything from... Jackson Hood and his super wide little double A arm center steer car that's pretty similar to Alex Renuyo's. And then you've got Maddox Leal and his little baby RS1. It looks like looks like Marcio kept the RS1 in the uh in the dryer a little too long. And the next thing you know, out comes a 170 that looks just like a mini RS1. Uh this I'll have to bring up something about Maddox in just a moment that I found out. A little rumor that was circulating, which will be entertaining. But from the drop of the green, can't give this kid enough credit, Alex Renuio. Uh, he made a fan out of me. He made a fan out of me a couple races ago, and he's the kid's a warrior. The kid sees the green, 
And then he doesn't want to see anything else until he sees the, the black and the white. You watch how he drives, and you listen to throttle control. And that's something that's actually been... And once again, I I will get Brendan in here to do... I'm going to do a full podcast on this about diversity and skills in in motorsports. Alex also is a pilot of a junior sprint, junior sprint car. So those that don't know, once again, it's a miniature sprint car. It's not an outlaw car. It's a little bit bigger. It's basically the gray area between an outlaw car and a midget. And you can, you can tell, especially when I can actually hear Alex's car, the kid knows throttle control. The kid knows how to push into turns and that's going to come from sprint car experience, or in his case, junior sprint experience. But like I said, I'll dive more into detail because I've been I've been taking notes for the last two months, really wanting to do an honest, serious podcast about diversity in motorsports. Because let's face it, a lot of you guys have been listening for a while since we started this. It's goofy, you know. I bring in I bring in information, but I want entertainment because when it comes down to the end of the day. I could bore you guys half to death with facts and figures and stats and news, but you want a little little entertainment, and what have I always done my entire life? I've aspired to entertain people. But anyway, back to 170 Open, Alex Renuio, gone, bags checked, see ya, Maddox Leal drove like his rear end was on fire, like this is the Maddox that I knew could honestly, if he had the start on Alex, really do something serious. Maddox, his second, his first heat race looked amazing. Second heat race, got in a really bad wreck, snapped his axle in half. And it was just all bad from there. Obviously didn't finish a heat race. Came back out in the main. Dad worked tirelessly, swapped the axle, and away he went. Started from the rear and I can almost guarantee you if he had three to five more laps, based upon how he was driving, I haven't seen lap times yet, based upon how he was driving, Maddox could have potentially given Alex a run for his money. Potentially. But then again, that's just my speculation. And he's been there. He's been consistent. He's had a lot of competition this year. Big shout out to the Ghostbuster, my little buddy Mason Watkins. Ended up landing third on the podium. Little dude, he's had his work cut out for him. He's been growing a lot as a driver. And it shows. So, like I said, I love the 170 stuff because it's it's so brutal, but it's so fun. But now we get into the JR2s. So, the JR2s historically with E Street have been the battle of the Gradic brothers. We turn the Gradics out with the 170 open cars. And from the drop of the green for the first heat race, I looked over at Kim Gradig, Arnold and Barrett's mom, and I said, what did you feed Arnold? He's passing 170 open cars in his little JR2. Now, mind you, I don't know the horsepower specs per se on these JR2s, but my understanding, which is very vague, is they are grossly underpowered compared to a lot of these 170 open cars. At one point, Arnold Gradig, the 599, worked his way up to physical second. He passed Maddox. If he had another five laps at the way he was driving, he also could have given Alex Renuio a run for his money. And that would have been for bragging rights. 
because let's face it, these two brothers show up, super cool family, unbelievable, huge shout out to Evan and Kim, and they show up, battle the brothers, and they just want to have fun, and they have the most fun, that's why when I get them on the podium, like I even said something for those that were there, you know, are you guys ready for the the comedy stylings of Arnold Gradick? You never know what's going to come out of his mouth when I interview him on the podium, it's so funny, God, that kid is a personality. Arnold obviously took home the top for the JR2s. Barrett, Barrett was very timid when he first started driving, and he's really growing out of the timidness. He's figuring out what the skinny pedal does. Look for him to be doing some cool stuff in the future. Quad intermediate expert, Garrett Gramps. He's got a number one, and he earned it. I asked him about it when I first met him, and I said, is that just your ego, or do you actually have a number one plate? And he goes, no, it actually is real. And I was like, oh, wow. Nathan Harvey also made another return. I, I don't know what happened to Nate, second heat race and main event in the first heat race. Oh, he was coming for Garrett. He was coming for Garrett. That was always entertaining between those two. And uh, there are a few other quad names I can think of off the top of my head that if they did make an appearance consistently, we could see three to five guys that in reality could honestly give Garrett a run for his money. And uh, But we'll see what happens. Garrett took on the top for that one. Cameron Davis. Garrett left Cameron. Cameron hung on in second and just stayed there. And then big shout out to the double O, Chris Brubaker. First time I've had him on the podium. Kind of an OG in the quad scene, my understanding, and uh, totally cool to have him there. And him and his son, it's been a family affair since they started coming. He started bringing his son just for the experience, and he kind of went, well, I'm going to do that. And then he brought his quad, and he's had a blast. Quad beginner novice, we've been having a lot of new faces just kind of emerge. It's like an appearing and disappearing act in quad beginner novice. And Shane Doyle, the 262, was once again leading quad beginner novice and he could kind of hang with the intermediate experts. So I blatantly asked him on the podium, you going to jump up to the big boy class? He said, next time I will. I said, all right. Well, I honestly hope he comes back. And huge shout out to my little buddy, Spencer Page. I always call him the little guy on the big bike because when I first met him, he was super tiny. Dude's hit a growth spurt in the last year. I don't know what his dad's feeding him, but he's almost as tall as me now. So he's not so little anymore, but he's going to keep the name. Little guy on the big bike, brand new sponsor for him too, Red Bluff Motorsports. And the dude's sponsored by a salon. He ripped his hat off on the podium. I mean, to tell you, that must have been a fancy haircut. So, huge shout out to Shane. Took the win. Spencer's second. And Rally Brubaker, I haven't been able to give him enough credit. He rounded out the bottom of the podium in Quad Beginner Novice. His first few races were on a Raptor 250. And he was going bar to bar with Diego Mancero on a Raptor 700. I was losing my mind because I knew what was happening right in front of me. A grossly underpowered quad versus a big bore, big power quad, and they were doing battle with each other. Unbelievable. So quads, love you guys. This has been a super cool adventure as far as the quad class goes, and I just want to keep seeing it grow because it keeps growing. Quad beginner novice is going to have its own race. Because we'll have enough people. Intermediate expert, it's going to have its own race too. Because we'll have enough people. The potential is there. You guys show up, we'll make it happen. Now the fun one. So I say the fun one because no matter what, 
I always enjoy this class, period. I don't care what happens. And it's interesting because there's been multiple topics of conversation in this class, and it's 1000 Pro. What's more competitive, an RS1 or a YXZ 1000? In conversation two, why does Cody Myers, why is Cody Myers the only one in 1000 Pro with a driver's license? Wrap your mind around that. Cody Myers, the only one in 1000 Pro with a driver's license. Oh, the only one currently that doesn't have a broken car. Sorry, Ryan Maddox. Speaking of, Ryan Maddox made a comeback. Another one of the guys in the YXZ gang, the Omaha guys, they're uh, very passionate about the fact they have transmissions and RS1s don't. And uh, he had a motor rebuilt, but in his uh, heat race, in his first heat race, it sounded like a paint can, and uh, one of the connecting rods almost was sent to the moon. So he just said, nope, got to strip it back down again rebuild it. So unfortunately, no motor again for the 821 Ryan Maddox, but glad to see him back. And how about it? He told me he was going to do it, and I didn't realize he was going to do it like this. Bobby Mack, Bobby Wahlberg, I call him Baby Rip, I call him Big Mac, I call him the must, you know, the ketchup packet. A lot of different nicknames for this dude. 13 years old, standout in Youth 1000. He told me last at round three, I'm going to go pro next race. I said, Bobby, Bobby, just finish out the season, start fresh next year. He said, no, I'm going to go pro. I said, okay. Well, another kid from a great family, super supportive. He showed up with two cars. He's got this RS1. That just in practice sounded pissed. That's the only way I could describe it. It sounded pissed. Roof line was low. It had the it had mud caps on the wheels like a sprint car. I was like, oh, what's gonna happen here? He goes out, wins his first heat race. And I go, that is wicked cool. Because last couple of years, the thousand pro class, unless we get some unless we get ringers, was usually dominated by one or two different names. In comes Bobby Wahlberg, brand new car, boom, top of the box in a heat race. Well, guess who decided to uh, figure out the pill draw? That was Cody Myers. Cody Myers started on the front row of the main event. Meanwhile, the Sith Lord, Darth Vader, Dominic Benitez started from the back. And his dad comes up to me and he goes, we're going to start him from the back again. We're going to win this one. I I said, don't be so sure. Well, so in comes another portion of what I'm going to talk about in a future podcast episode. Very Variance in driving styles and variance in experience. So, like I said, Cody being the only guy with a driver's license, he's obviously been behind the wheel for a very long time. Well, he's also driven wingless sprint cars. This is another guy that if you pay close attention to his driving style, also knows how to steer with the gas pedal. Sounds like a weird thing, but I highly recommend anybody and everybody go to your local dirt track, Marysville Raceway Park, Silver Dollar Speedway. Uh, I believe there's a few others up in way, way, way north. And then there's uh, Placerville Speedway up by me. Watch sprint car racing because that's how you do it. You turn right to go left. And Cody Myers really knows how to do that. And he knows how to drive defensively. He got out in front. Meanwhile... Darth Vader, Dominic Benitez, he was using the force and weaving his way through everyone. And then he gets behind Myers. 
Myers held him off for three laps and knew every move Dom was making right before he made it. And I just I was flat floored. Cody took the win away. Dom got a hard-fought second. And Wyatt Blevins dealt with the rest of the chaos behind him and fought his way to third and absolutely earned it. So big shout-out for the Cal Custom driver, the 610. He shed the Y because he's no longer in the youth class. I figured that one out. But the 610 Wyatt Blevins rounds out your podium. And now on to the Chico Offer Reynolds 1000 Turbo Sportsman class. Once again, guys, huge shout-out to Chico Off-Road Rentals. Once again, Chico Off-Road Rentals, huge shout-out to them. $2,500 purse for the Turbo Sportsman class. Thank you to our friends at Chico Off-Road Rentals for that one. The only sportsman class in Northern California, obviously other than the 170s, that has a a money purse behind it. And uh, it's seen some chaos. It's seen some absolute chaos. Some of the usual suspects could make it due to broken cars and broken bodies. Uh, definitely want to give a, sh- a quick shout out to Taylor Bradley. I know he's having some back issues. Hope you feel better, dude. We miss you because you're Razor. Yeah, I'm going to call that thing the Swiss Army Knife. One weekend it's a rock crawler. One weekend it's a desert car. And one weekend it's a short course car. But huge shout out to Taylor Bradley. Wasn't able to make it. Having some back problems. We wish him well. But here's the weird one. Our points leader, he he upgraded his nickname again because he rolled his car last race in the mud and he went from the taco to the burrito. Well, unfortunately, heat race two, the burrito was wound a little tighter and is now a taquito. Yeah, I said that. Kevin Rivera collected the number 55, 100 golden and went flipping at least four times. He, I, I keep trying to tell him, Kevin, you don't have to go into full X Games mode. And he just doesn't listen. And then we saw the, the return of a rookie in the class, the 331 of Travis Bertu. Travis with that wickedly built Razor. But he was having some motor issues first couple rounds. Went to the guys at Lady Power Sports. Those guys seem to know how to tune a Razor and make it a wild animal. So huge shout out to Travis. He's still figuring it out and he's having fun. And it's awesome to see. But the Taquito, the, the dude showed he was bulletproof. Flips his car four times, we go under red. Uprights his car. Fires it back up. Gives it a little wiggle-wiggle test. Nothing's broken. Goes out, wins his heat race. Floored. Shocked. Surprised. What other, whatever other adjective I can think of is how I was feeling at that point. It was unbelievable. And then he ended up going on to win the main event with a very wounded car, but he made it happen. Kevin Rivera took the top, Hunter Golden second, Travis Bertu rounds out your podium. The Pièce de Résistance, this is, there were two names I could think of off the top of my head, second place Chase, I mean crew chief Chase Hill, and Cody Minter, if they were there, as well, actually three names, as well as Anthony Pfeiffer, this would have been, uh, a race that I've been wanting to see because if you pack those three names and the four names that were there, that's the race I've been wanting to call. Period. Because you had two four wheeled aces that were local guys that have some bye weeks from the works series that decided to show up. How about two factory Can Am drivers? Ranked number one and number two in the pro production turbo class for works. 
the number one, the three-time Pro Production Turbo Champion, Bo Judge. Yeah, I said that. Motocross legend, all-around legend in Northern California with anything with wheels, Bo Judge, and his son, Braden. The number 56, Braden, made the jump. He was in a RS1 last time I saw him, but he got smart, got into Can-Am, and those two showed up, and Mason Myers rolled out of his trailer and went, uh-oh, I have competition. But definitely want to give Mason a huge shout-out because I've seen this dude. He gets a little pressure. He gets a little bit of motivation. When that dude's car is in one piece, if you can say, if when your car is in one piece, you can run with the three-time champion if works, that's how you know you're a good driver. Another guy that also came from an open-wheel background, but like I said again, I'll get to that later on. And also, I got to touch on Bo Judge for this one. So, we were bringing it up, Brendan Cook and I, Sancho and I, when we were co-calling this race. History was made at E Street. And very few people caught on to it. History was made. You can now scrub a UTV. When I say scrub, you watch dirt bikes whip through the air. Bo Judge, and I'm not kidding, or step up and or step down, would toss his front wheels and the car would go off the takeoff sideways. Scrubbing speed, like James Stewart probably never thought this whole philosophy was going to be brought into four-wheeled racing, but it was. History, something we didn't even know existed. And I talked to Bo later on on the podium, and he said he felt like he had a, a car that he could, that would handle like a dirt bike, just the technology behind the no limit can-am that he drives is unbelievable the frame is an absolute work of art huge shout out to phil blurton for everything he's done with kt or not ktms can-ams and then also phil being the driver Bo being the co-driver in the desert it just makes it even cooler so unfortunately second heat race mason had some electrical issues mason had some electrical issues again in the main event very unfortunate because in the first heat race, oh man, was it fun to see somebody keep Mason honest. Holy cow. Bo and Mason, wheel to wheel. I've witnessed it before. It is the duel of duels between these two. It's mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. But definitely can't discount Braden Judge. Uh, Braden has definitely become a wheel man in his own right at all of 15 years old. Look for huge things to come from him in the world of off-road. And then in this whole total mix of Can-Ams lies the one razor. And that's my buddy Buck Heron. The number 36, he's getting his feet underneath him. He's figuring the car out. And he's definitely showing some speed. Bo Judge took the win away. Braden took second. And Bo, and not Bo, Buck rounded out the podium in third. So that wraps things up. For round four in our whole race report for round four of the 2023 East Street Side-by-Side Series. And this is me also not having my notes together here. I'll give you guys the rest of the schedule as soon as I can find it. There it is. July 22nd, and that will actually be a dual points round for the NorCal Side-by-Side Series. We've done this before, and they've been some of the largest car counts we've ever had. Anybody that runs pro... You want to make some money. You want to have a serious race. You run Pro Turbo. You run Pro 1000. You want to make some money. You want to have a serious race. 
the numbers show up when NorCal side by side and East Street MX join forces for a dual points race July 22nd. Like I said, guys, my name's Ian McAdam, the voice of East Street MX Park, one half of the hosts of Adventures of Poncho and Sancho. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again, and uh, hope to keep doing these uh, audio race reports for you. And uh, we will see you July 22nd at East Street.